I do think someone coming from an iPhone 10 to an iPhone 15 will notice something significant. Because like you said, there's so many micro changes throughout the years that it becomes a big deal. You know, many people with iPhones keep their iPhones for not just one year, two years. I mean, they keep it for several years. And usually the thing that goes bad to them is the battery. And now you can replace the battery. So I think people are going to keep their phones much longer now than what they have historically with, with iPhones because they tend to last a lot longer. Welcome to Geared Up. I'm Andrew Edwards. I am John Rettinger. John. Andrew. How are you doing? I'm, uh, I'm good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Namely, because we've got a, a special guest here. I would venture to say our third co-host. Oh, you know what? Let's go there. Let's go there. We're going there. I mean, I'm, I'm essentially our third co-host. Yeah, he should be at that level by now. This is a man who has experienced what you have experienced, but in reverse. A big topic that we're going to be covering today. As a transition you have made. It go a lot of, to go a lot of directions, Andrew. <laughs> yes. And it's a man who has experienced that same transition, but in reverse. Also, one of the best minds in the tech YouTube game. One of my best friends. Okay. Tag team champion, Mr. Kevin Neether. How are you doing? The tech ninja himself. What an intro. Things are great at the tech ninja, by the way, John. What an intro. <laughs> what an intro. I appreciate that. I, do I hold the record for the most appearances on, on this podcast? Yes. I have to, right? We're just going to say yes. Yes. I think I'm at four. I think four, I right? Yes. That's, I mean, that's a lot. I mean, we're not going to count Rene Ritchie, so we're just going to say yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> he's Canadian. That's true. That is true. Doesn't count. And he's not a tech creator anymore. There you go. YouTube employee. There you go. How you doing, Kevin? Good, man. Ready to uh, get into some hot topics, man. We got hot topics. We got some hot topics today. We're not going to start with the hottest one. We're not going to start with the transition okay. one. We're going to let people wait <laughs> for that one. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Let's just, let's just jump in, though, because it's about to be crazy. And it used, to, it used to start getting crazy in the beginning of September, and we'd have like four months of craziness. It's true. And then Samsung decided, hey, we're going to start doing these foldable phones, and we're going to start releasing them in August. So now... It's like five months out of the year, August, September, October, November, then obviously December with the holidays. It's just half a year of insanity is what we're about to deal with. And then, of course, there's CES. So, yeah, half a year of insanity is what we're dealing with. And we are about to go into, let's see, that'd be two weeks away, roughly two weeks away from an iPhone. Yeah, New iPhone? yeah, mm -hmm. the, the three weeks, the 12th is the Jeez. rumor here. Three weeks. OK, three weeks away from a new iPhone launch. And we were just going to run down what the rumors are saying, what we're going to be expecting this year and get a little analysis. I'm just going to say that if you two are going to spend 15 minutes talking about how excited you are for a button, I'm just going to peace out on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Not me, John. If we're going to talk about how excited we are for titanium, I'm just going to go hit the uh, hit the leave button here. But but go ahead. Walk, walk us through it. I'm going to run it down. OK. All right. Let's start with dynamic island on all models. Dynamic Island, not just on the Pro, but on the entry-level 15 and 15 Plus. Good? Yeah. I mean, in my videos, I pretty much call that because they're not going to have developers develop a new feature in their app and spend time on it if it's only going to the Pro model of the phone, right? So I knew that would definitely be part of the next phone. I knew that. I kind of felt that in my bones. And I'm a big fan of Dynamic Island. I don't know where the hate comes from. Like maybe people don't travel. Maybe people don't leave the house and do things that requires Dynamic Island, you know? I mean, 
I find it incredibly useful for Uber, incredibly useful for like things that are coming my way. Even my golf app has it now where I don't have to unlock the phone to see how far I am anymore from the next hole. Like it's right there at the top of the screen. It tells me what club to use and how far I am without even unlocking wow. my phone. So I find it incredibly useful and that's just another layer of just interacting with your phone without having to like dive into the phone, just kind of being present without having to dive into apps. It's just there at the top of the screen, very glanceable information, which I'm a big fan of. And yeah, so I'm super happy about that. I love it for Flighty. I know we're big. Fl- John, have you used Flighty before? I have not used Flighty, but I do like Dynamic Island. And I think people who are new to it and get the 15 are going to love it as well. What's interesting is I expected it to come to the standard 15 as well. But last year, I don't know if Apple stated this outright, but it was discovered, either Apple confirmed it or was just discovered, that part of the hardware on the chip for the display controller was specifically for the Dynamic Island on the 15 Pro. So like obviously the iPhone 14 Pro has the ProMotion display, which can go down to one hertz all the way up to 120 hertz. But the Dynamic Island was always 120 hertz no matter what. So even if the rest of the phone is doing something else, 24 hertz or whatever, the Dynamic Island would always be at 120 so that it would look good the way that it you know changes shape and everything. I'm curious how that's going to come across on the 15 non-pro, because obviously that's a 60 hertz display. So that's just my one, my one curiosity with the Dynamic Island. Is it not going to look as good? It's so small, though. I, I don't think anyone would really notice the difference in such a small area. It's like not even, not even an inch. So yeah. I don't know. You're right. You're right. I think it's just one of the, the nerd specs that no one really cares about, but us us weirdos that, that are on there tweeting on X or, or Xing on X or <laughs> I ain't whatever, whatever you do on I'm X. I'm not Xing. <laughs> but this, I mean, Dynamic Island talk is old hat, right? That's 2022 talk. Yeah, that's, that's why I started there. That's why, that's why I started there. We know what it is. We know what it does. It's, it's coming to the iPhone 15. Let's talk about the next one. Now, John, you seem to not be excited about this one. I am kind of excited. I'm not over the top about it, but I am excited about the new titanium finish on the Pro instead of stainless steel, specifically due to, number one, the weight I use the Pro Max and I hate, the only thing I hate about the Pro Max is I hate how heavy it is. I just hate that. And secondly, you open up the Pro Max, it looks beautiful. And then 10 seconds after using, it's just covered. It's just pasted in fingerprints. Wash your hands all you want. It's just covered in fingerprints because of the, the shininess of the stainless steel. So I'm looking forward to having a lighter Pro Max and not having fingerprints all over it. That wrong of me? Yeah, because the majority <laughs> of people use cases and no one cares about that. Fair enough. I don't use a case. You know I don't use a case, but that is true. I think it's indicative of how iterative the iPhone is and commoditized the iPhone is becoming. Titanium is a stronger material. It's lighter. It's great. That's like the end of the discussion there, right? Like, cool. Like, all right. Yeah, lighter. For me, I mean, weight in, in your hand is, is important to me. I'm just going to zig a little bit here before you guys start getting excited about color match braided cables. (laughs) The iPhone. Play this game forward with me, okay? So the iPhone is arguably one of the, if not the most useful tool of humankind, the smartphone uh, development. It is an incredible at what it can do, information, and what it's capable of. I love my iPhone. I will probably always use an iPhone for a majority of the years. But we've gotten to a point where, like, play it forward five, seven years. What's Apple going to do? Maybe it'll look a little bit different. Face ID goes behind screen. 
right? Camera goes behind the screens, bezels go away. Apple's been not so secret about wanting to get rid of ports. We probably have better cameras on the back. What else after that? I mean, things are getting so commoditized. There's not much left in the iPhone to be exciting, as I see, or any phone really for that matter, to be that exciting. And I think I think that that whole discussion is interesting. Now, I could be wrong, and perhaps software is what Apple's going to do. It's going to be the next wow moment. But think about the iPhone wow moments through its history from 2007, right? Original iPhone, multi-touch. I mean, that still is like a mind-boggling thing that we take for granted now. A capacitive keyboard, where as you touched, the letters popped up and there was noise, was incredible to have that and to see that. We had Touch ID. We had Face ID the iPhone 10 that came FaceTime, all of these wow moments from Apple. And I'm not diminishing an action button or a titanium or that kind of thing, but these are so iterative things now, just almost for the sake of changing something or making something that was already close to perfect a little bit better. But where does Apple go from here? Like, what's the change that Apple makes to give us a wow moment? Is it eventually foldables. But at that point, we'll have seen foldables for a while. Like, What is it? And are we holding Apple to a crazy standard? Am I holding Apple to a crazy standard by being like, it's going to be very iterative. It'll have USB type C, which is awesome, or you know, with Thunderbolt speeds for some of the pro phones. But like, what is there to get really excited about anymore with phones in general and the iPhone as sort of the penultimate of, of all phones? I would counter with this. We three of us here, get every phone every year. So it's very iterative for us, whereas the average person might get a new phone every three to four years. And for them, they get three to four years worth of those changes. And I think it's also easier to excite someone who doesn't get a new device every year even if, you know, three to four years of changes may not be that exciting. Like, for example, let's just say like last year, Apple put in a 48 megapixel camera, the first big megapixel jump. I think it was in eight years or something like that. For me, it's okay. Like I take pictures and to me, the pictures are, are good. Like that's kind of it. Like, the, okay, I take a picture and the picture looks good. It looked good last year. It looks good this year. And I'm not zooming in to really see. I never even put it in, in pro raw but, but mode. So I'm not even taking 48 megapixel photos. So I think most people, it's just like a lot of these features that are iterative, do they even use the iterative changes in the first place? You know what I mean? It's almost like Microsoft Word has so many features in it, but most people just open up Word and just type and then just hit print or email a document over to someone. All the features that get added every year or two go almost unnoticed by 90% of the users of Microsoft Word, for example. So is that is that similar here to where the things that would get just the average buyer excited are going to be things like a new braided cable that is color matched that won't fray four months in and a USB port and a change of materials because those are the things that when you open the box, you actually see it as opposed to, you know, things like a 48 megapixel camera, which on the back you look physically at, it looks the same. Physically, it looks the same. And you take a photo, are you really noticing a huge jump? You know what I mean? Maybe it is those things that make people say, oh, this feels, this feels to me like a new device because it looks new. Can I challenge that for a minute? 
It's more of a question than a, than a statement. Let's go back to 2017 with the iPhone 10. That's now be six years ago. Like, has that much really changed for people? People coming from an iPhone 10 to an iPhone 15, is it going to be that giant a different? It's just been it's a series of iterative updates. It ultimately can, can add up to something. You know, a bunch of ones eventually gets you to 100. But still, I'm just challenging that. I think the iPhone has now gotten so commoditized. So I do think someone coming from an iPhone 10 to an iPhone 15 will notice something significant. Because like you said, there's so many micro changes throughout the years that it becomes a big deal. You know, many people with iPhones keep their iPhones for not just one year, two years. I mean, they keep it for several years. And usually the thing that goes bad to them is the battery. And now you can replace the battery. So I think people are going to keep their phones much longer now than what they have historically with, with iPhones because they tend to last a lot longer. But the thing is, like with technology, not much has been changing lately, right? So everything is going to be software based and they're going to put it on any modern day iPhone. But I think we can't fault Apple for that because it's just not that many things have been changing. Like companies are getting so good at making phones now. It's like, where do we go from here? But look at TVs. Year over year, there's a brand new TV and there's more nits or whatever, but same resolution, same everything. And even if you boost it to AK, what does that matter to most people? You know what I mean? So I think at the end of the day, technology is kind of at a standstill because we're getting so good at making these things. Yeah, chips are getting smaller, transistors are getting better, everything's getting faster, more power efficient. But at the end of the day, everything's the same. But the phone is just something that is a requirement to have. You have to have a smartphone to function, to live. So if they make these small changes and people are getting phones and they're using the phones to the best of their ability or whatever they need them for, I think that's okay. Like I, and, and that's why people don't have to buy the pro version. They can buy the cheapest iPhone and can be 100% happy with it because it's still very, very good. And I think that's fine because technology hasn't been changing. There, there's no company that is making a phone and it's just like, wow, this is miles better than everyone else. Everyone's kind of in the same boat and it becomes a preference. Do I like a foldable? Do I like this? Do I like this screen size? That, that's kind of what it ends up being. And as Jonathan said, I think even if Apple makes a foldable phone, it won't be new. It'll just be like, okay, well, this is Apple's foldable phone. We, we've seen this before. We've seen this hundreds of times already. Cool. This is the next one. I, I want to get this phone or, or I'd rather have a regular phone. So I don't know. We can call it boring because we, as Andrew said, we get everything. We have everything. But at the end of the day, I think for consumers, I think if they're buying a phone once every three years, I do think they get a new experience when they get a phone. My dad has my old iPhone 12 Pro Max. When he looks at my phone, he feels like it's so different to him. To him, it, he says it's so different. And even when we take pictures, they look fine outside, but I did a test in low light. There is a major difference. And a lot of photos are taken at dinner and taken in those different situations where, you know, a little better camera does make a difference. And, you know, especially having children, you take a picture of them, that's there forever. Like you want the best possible photo that's going to last forever, you know? So I don't know. I, I definitely see it a little bit differently. I think Vision Pro is probably a preview of Apple's kind of probably thinking along the same line, though, which is where do we go next? What do we do next? How do we bring stuff forward? The technologies in Vision Pro, I bet, like I would say, if Apple were able to put the things that are in Vision Pro into an iPhone and maybe call it an iPhone Ultra, they would. But it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit into that form factor. So it's like, where do we go next? It's going to have to be a headset. And eventually, we'll see how many years it takes. Could take 10. I don't know. 
eventually, maybe those technologies can come into something that's handheld. But on the flip side, maybe the handheld device is on the way out in 10 years and we're we're wearing glasses or it still seems weird to me that that might be the case. But we're wearing thin headsets and walking around town. (laughs) I don't know. It's hard for me to imagine that. It's so crazy to envision like a, a future world where we talk about the iPhone like we talk about the iPod now. Mm, right. Mm. And such a strange, <laughs> such a strange reality. And I, I wasn't commenting either just on like the iPhone itself being smartphones in general, kind of hitting a point yeah. where yeah. Like, I don't know what the next big thing is. They've gotten so good so fast. Now, like, what, like, what is next? And I hope there's that next sort of surprising moment. And my inclination is if it is, it's going to come from the software side, something software wise that we didn't see or, or didn't detect before. Or a combination, right? Like last year, I mean, it's been a year. I feel like after a year, things kind of feel old. But I remember last year, because remember, everybody was thinking there's going to be a new front camera that's going to have uh, two hole punches. It's going to have a dual hole punch and a single hole punch, right? And then in the keynote, they show the dynamic island and everybody there, I guess, you know, the thing is when you're at home nowadays, you don't get to hear the crowd reaction, which is, I think takes a lot of the oomph out of the keynotes when you're watching remotely. But everybody there, when they showed that dynamic island was like, oh my God, like what? There was like an audible, like, whoa, this is crazy. That was a very cool moment. That's a combo of hardware and software working together to create a feature. And I think that's really kind of where Apple excels. You need more of that stuff. Yeah, I totally agree. Hopefully some major breakthrough with battery technology comes. (laughs) Because, I mean, I would love to live in a world where we don't worry about battery life and don't turn features off to make our phone last the whole day. Mm. That'd be great. Supposed to be getting new bigger batteries this year. So I don't know if I'm alone here, but my 14 Pro Max has been the worst battery of any iPhone I've ever had. And I, I, I know how to use phones. I know how to use batteries, all that kind of stuff. I don't, didn't do anything differently here with the 14 Pro Max. But I only thought to check my battery health because it wasn't lasting throughout the whole day anymore. I'm down to like low 90s battery health wise. And I put this out on Twitter and it got it was like a, a million people like actually saw it. And a vast majority of people shared that they are either in the same boat or high 90s. So it does appear there were two batches of batteries, as I'm assuming, batches of batteries that were made, some that had issues, some that clearly did not. So I'm wondering if you guys have had any sort of similar problems. You're in the low 90s, my guy. That's crazy. Yeah, I've never, never been that low before. I mean, if you want to know what's crazier, I am at 88. Holy smokes. I am at 88% battery health on my roughly 11-month-old 14 Pro Max. So launch day 14 Pro, I mean... Well, you know, it's 10 days before launch day, basically. You're almost at the point where Apple will replace it. You get below 80 and they'll just give you a new battery. Below 80, yeah. So I'm at 88. But yeah, I'm losing... I mean, usually I would expect roughly 1% every six weeks. So... In the course of a year, you would probably be around 94, 93. I'm saying me as a very heavy user, not average person out there. But even people that were, I saw a lot of replies of people like, oh, yeah, I'm like, it seemed everybody was basically low 90s or even hitting the 80s, which is strange. Yeah, it's just weird. Atypical. I wonder if these batteries were made during some of the COVID restrictions and maybe 
the oversight wasn't as high as it previously had been. Kevin, where are you at if you look at your 14 Pro Max battery health? I'm at 92. I'm at 92%. That's atypical. I'm usually around 95, 96 with most of my phones. Yeah. And even then, like, if we didn't have that graph, I, I know something is wrong. Because when I was with you last time, Andrew, like, you had me turn off 5G, which is a feature that this phone has. You had me turn 5G off for better battery life because I was struggling to get through a full day with a Pro Max. And the thing is, I'm using a Pro Max for the battery life because I, I, I want to just use the Pro and not the Pro Max. And man, it's not, it's not working for me. And it's very frustrating because, you, know, you know, I switch phones often and, I, I, and I'll switch to an Android. I switch to an S23 Ultra and I feel like this has the most amazing battery life in the world, but it's just, that's where it should be at. Like, we shouldn't have to worry about battery life. Shouldn't have to carry a power bank in my pocket every time I travel. Like, I should be able to just use my phone the way I want. It should last a full day at this point. I have to put mine in low power mode most days just to make it through the day. Yeah, same. What I've done is I created a shortcut for if my phone ever hits 30%, it auto goes into low power mode because I don't want to not notice it and then just have it die. Sure, that's shortcut, man. Oh, yeah. Very simple. It's very simple to make it. I'll share it with you, but yeah, it's very super simple. Anybody out there, just open a shortcuts app, search for battery, and then select battery. Then you just say, like, if power level reaches 30%, enable, and then always the, the trick is turn off ask before running. Otherwise, it's going to send you a notification. Do you want to do Just turn that off and it just automatically does it. I'll text it to you. It's, it's beautiful. But yeah, I feel like a lot of people have been saying their battery percentage health is much lower this year than they're used to. I wonder if there'll be some sort of battery replacement program again or something like that. If Apple will acknowledge an issue like they've done in the past. There's going to be something where people that keep their phones for two years is continuous. I mean, if you extrapolate, oh yeah, maybe between Andrew, between yours and mine. So between 88 and say 93, so maybe 90 as an average or 91. I mean, you're down to 80% battery health after two or worse, that is most definitely a problem for a phone that should very clearly last you two more than two years. Yeah. And even like before they, they increased the price of a battery replacement last year to a hundred dollars, but prior to that, it was 29 bucks. So, you know, it's over, it's over three times more now. So I think I'm wondering if they will go back and, you know, either lower the price again or do a special program for 14. I don't know if it's all 14s or just the pro max that has this specific issue, but Something is up. Something's weird. Yeah, something's very yeah. clearly up. I didn't realize they increased the price that much. Was it just one of the things they did or was it something they announced or? They did announce it because they had a special program for battery replacement for, and they slowly lowered the price to 29 and then it just went back after a couple of years. It went back up to 69 and then for the 14s in particular, it went up to 99. Hmm. Okay. See, they knew. Baked it in. <laughs> they knew. Yep. It's a new line item. Planned obsolescence. Yeah, on their on their quote. Listen, Apple is definitely not above making battery changes for our own well-being without us knowing about it, right? Let's finish up okay. the iPhone 15 rumors here, John. If I could zag to your zig back into the list. Some of these don't need a discussion point. It's just, for example, frosted glass finish on standard models. We don't need to talk about that. It's just a little change. It is what it is. Rated color match cables. But the one thing I do like about the cables besides USB-C is that they'll be 1.5 meters long. I've always felt like these cables are just a tiny bit too short. 100%. So making them 30% longer. Nice. USB-C port, USB 2.0 speeds on the 15, but Thunderbolt speeds on the Pro. USB 3 is 14 years old. And they're going with USB 2 speeds 
on the standard 15. <laughs> and then Thunderbolt, which is 40 gigabits on the Pro. I feel like that's a huge disparity, my, my own personal opinion. But Thunderbolt is nice. It's going to basically be like those Thunderbolt external hard drives that you can buy. Like that is beautiful. Action button. One button that you can customize to do whatever specific thing you want, or potentially two if it's a press for one thing and a press and hold for another thing. I don't mind that at all. I like that. John, it seemed like you were hating that though. Or was it just like not exciting? I don't hate that at all. I just, I, it's a nice change. It just doesn't excite you. Yeah. It just, it's, not, it's not exciting. It's nice to have. If people want to have the profile switcher, they make the action button and profile switcher. They want something different. They have the launcher shortcut. It's a nice thing to have. It's just not. It's not a, it's not a selling point. It's like a good turkey sandwich. It's like, oh, this is a good turkey sandwich, but I don't want to really talk about it too much. Like, it's great. For some reason, I actually understand perfectly <laughs> what you mean. Like throw a little avocado, throw a little bacon on it. I'm, actually, right? I want to talk about it. Let's throw a little on, avocado, a little bacon, a little Swiss. What, what are you going to put your action button for, John? What's your action going to be? Good question. Good question. I mean, listen, the action button on my Apple Watch Ultra calls my wife. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> you argue that needy? <laughs> Jesus Christ, John. He needs, he needs one tap access. I mean, toilet paper. <laughs> where's the toilet paper? I mean, instead of opening my phone, going to contact, that language is easy. I just a little click and then call my wife. Boom. Boom. I make no apologies. You owe none of us an apology for that. What does yours do, Kevin? Open your golf app? It should. Actually, I have a default where it opens the workout app. So I hit it on accident. Then I'm like, I should work out. But <laughs> I feel bad for not working out because I hit it nice. on accident. It should. It should open my golf app so I, can, so I can look at my handicap. Go down. By the way, guys, I, golf game is great. <laughs> Drew, what's your action button? Going for a walk? My action button currently is uh, it opens the... Let me see. I'm going to press it right now. Yeah. I'm walking right now. And I'm I'm marking a segment right now. Marking a segment. And I'm ending my walk. Boom. Walk over. Okay. So all right. But okay. All right. What I what I want to do on my phone, hopefully it has two. I'm hoping it has like the press and then the press and hold for two different things. Cause I will I think the most interesting use case will be if people are willing to dig into shortcuts or even just find shortcuts online, that's gonna be where you can really do something cool with that button as opposed to just using it as like a flashlight or calling something like to really like make like a smart home action or something like that. That's where I want to take it. Shortcuts is incredibly powerful and gets relatively little love or attention. I was that reminds me back in the day that Tasker app back in the day that used to like you can like have commands and stuff like that. I, I was really big. And that was an Android one, right? Yeah, yeah. I was really big onto that a long time ago. That was kind of how I started my channel around Tasker, believe it or not. So when you made the switch from basketball, <laughs> it's not no, just like you, YouTube was free upload space. So it wasn't a basketball channel. I just had basketball videos that are on YouTube, but I'm not deleting all that old stuff because it's, it's my history, man. It's history. Right. Go check it out if when you're I out actually, there yeah. and want to see K-Neath <laughs> on, the, on the court. Okay. 15 watt <laughs> wireless charging from non-MagSafe chargers with the incorporation of Qi 2. And for those that don't know, Apple has given freely MagSafe to Qi. So now all phones or any device can include that MagSafe ring as part of Qi 2. And that also means you'll get faster wireless charging without needing to buy specifically a MagSafe charger. 35 watt wired charging for the Pro. Faster wired charging. It's 35 watts instead of 20. I mean, it's a nice jump, but it's, it's not as fast as a lot of other phones that we see out there. But still, faster charging is better. 35 is still, still pretty standard though. It's, it's solid. 
48 megapixel camera from the 14 Pro comes down to the 15 standard and 15 plus. How about this one? Periscope lens specifically for the 15 Pro Max, so not even the Pro, just the Pro Max specifically allowing for up to 6x optical zoom. Mm. So 3x, it's currently 3x right now. You get up to 6x optical zoom. So you're not getting freaking 10x to 100x space zoom or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. If you call it Periscope, I expect to go a little further than six. Six isn't enough. Listen, I mean, in all fairness, that's twice the zoom. Yeah. I know it's not a spec race. It never is a spec race, a numbers race with Apple. But like when your competitor is doing 100, albeit it doesn't look amazing, I feel like you need to come with at least 10 to 15 to 20. But it's not optical zoom. It's, a, it's 100x not optical, though. So we don't know what the digital zoom will be on the 6x. For Maybe sure. Maybe it'll be 30. I agree. Maybe it'll be 30. The optical zoom on the S23 Ultra is 10x. So like, okay, like that's, that, phone, that phone came out in February. Yeah. You know, there's probably a pretty fair benchmark. So you're still double what you were, but you're still significantly behind kind of with the current competition. So who knows what Samsung's going to do on the 24 Ultra. How about this one? Wi-Fi 6E on the Pro models and a next-gen ultra wideband chip for connecting to Vision Pro. I'm not mad at 6E, although 7 would be a, a, nice, a nice jump. 7 would be nice. Seven's not out yet technically, but there are routers you can buy now in mesh systems and even phones that have 7 in them. But that's, that's obviously not Apple. I mean, they're just getting to 6E now, which has been out for yeah. you know, it's like three years already. That's solid. That's solid, though. I'm still happy with that. Is this solid, though? Pro models may get a $100 to $200 price increase. I don't have this top of my head, but it's, it's been a minute since... The phones didn't get a price increase. iPhone 10. I mean, so that's 2017. And we've seen everything get more expensive. I mean, since since then. So I, I mean, I don't love it, but like, it, it's hard to not at least understand. It's understandable. The, yeah. It's understandable. Especially when Samsung is out here selling $1,800. If, if, if you're seeing, obviously, that's different technology. But if you're seeing people buying that stuff, and it's, there's a little room, we can, we can yeah, pump, pump it up a little bit. Last thing is going to be colors iPhone 15, pink, green, blue, yellow, orange, possibly, and then a black. And then the 15 Pro will have another blue color. We've had Pacific blue. We've had Sierra blue. We went to purple, and now we're back to blue. The problem I have with the 15 or just the Pro colors in general is I feel like they all, every color I just named, including the purple, in most general light just looks gray. You have to like hold it in the right light to see the color. It's their new space gray. It's just purple space gray. <laughs> it's orange space gray. You know, it's all, all space gray. I'll take orange, but I, I would love to see that on a, on a pro phone. Come on, let's get orange or something on a, or red on a pro phone. That's, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of blue, bro. Product red rumor for a pro. That actually, out of all the rumors, does get, <laughs> does get me pretty excited. I would like that. I would like that. So that's it. That's the iPhone 15 rumors. Like John said, we zigged a little bit when we were going to zag. Just one last question before we get out of here. John, how, how's your transition going from uh, iPhone to Android? That was the transition teased at the beginning. It's been good. So I, I figured, you know, we're about, when I started this, maybe six weeks, eight weeks away from the iPhone 15 release. It seemed like a really good time to switch over to Android to sort of use phones for extended period of time that I wanted to use just to make me generally a more fair and kind of balanced reviewer. So I'm trying to go about a week at a time with different Android phones. So I'm coming off of the Z Fold 5. I've got the S23 Ultra all set up and ready. Probably after we record, I'll, I'll move the eSIM over there. It's been good. 
And I, I think that a lot of people who want to switch or considering switching sort of the Apple folks, there's it's a it's a daunting thought. It's a hassle. I'm going to miss this. I'm going to miss that. So here are some solutions that I found to people who are maybe considering potentially doing the doing the same the same thing. So iMessage, I was able to find an app called Beeper that essentially gives me full iMessage on Android, which is awesome. I moved iCloud Drive over to Google Drive. I'm really just missing a, a good AirDrop alternative. I've tried all the apps and web stuff, but for the most part, it's been fun. And I'm, I've been enjoying being back on on the Android side. And you're going to you're going to switch back, I assume, when the iPhone 15 comes out. This is just like a- when the iPhone 15 15s come out, I'll switch and I'll probably switch back a couple of days before so I have to deal with these sort of the eSIM issues that will happen at a launch. But I'm ready. I've been, been enjoying it. Well, we're going to we're going to be monitoring this on the next few shows to see how it's going. I'm always curious. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us this week. Always appreciated. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. It's going to be super exciting. We got to have a special show when the 15 drops. We got to have a show, maybe maybe on location. Who knows? OK. Why not? Why not? Let's do it. We'll have you back. We'll talk about all the features. Were we correct in all the rumors? And that is it for this edition of Geared Up. Thank you so much for listening. Of course, you can catch John and I on YouTube. I'm at youtube.com slash gear live. And John is at youtube.com slash John for Lakers. Feel free to head over and subscribe to our channels to stay up to date on all the latest tech. Speaking of subscribing, you can subscribe to Geared Up in your favorite podcast app if you haven't done so already. Just search Geared Up, that's two words, not one, in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, Overcast, or really wherever you choose to listen. If you like what we do, please consider leaving us a rating and review. It really helps other people find the show. Geared Up is a Gear Live podcast, and you can see more from us at gearlive.com. Thank you so much for listening. For John Rettinger, I'm Andrew Edwards, and we'll catch you in the next episode.